0: Good morning, saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm your host, Brady Finnern, pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Today is Wednesday, November the 24th, and happy Thanksgiving Eve. I, I love this day because for our church, we have our Thanksgiving Eve service tonight, and it's one of my favorite times where we are filled with thanksgiving, a gift from the Lord in prayer and praise. And we do the same thing this morning as we give thanks to the Lord by digging into his word and the Holy Spirit showing us Christ in Song of Songs, chapter 2. We continue to hear mainly from the Shulamite woman and her adoration for her husband. Christ is everywhere in this chapter. It goes over and over, and I'm excited to be able to dig into it this morning as we are able to move forward for the promises that we have in Jesus. So stick around as we put on our Christ goggles for the gifts are ready, ready for you. Thank you to our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. For more information of their great work around the world, visit lhfmissions.org, lhfmissions.org. Helping us to be strengthened by God's Word, we have with us regular guest, Rev. Dr. Nathan Metter, Executive Assistant to the District President of Mission and Mercy for the South Wisconsin District in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, I keep tripping up over this. Pastor Metter,
1: welcome back to Thy Strong Word. Well, you get bonus points because you pronounce the name of the city properly. Hey, Milwaukee, you you not Mill. You you didn't say <laughs> Milwaukee. You said Milwaukee, cause that's Milwaukee. Not, you know pronouncing it that way shows you know what it, you know what it's like. Just like someone in St. Louis, you know they're a true St. Louisan when their first question is, "Where'd you go to high school?" You know, those, those are, you know, those are these cultural, you know, they're, they're, they're the cultural membership cards while there are no, while there are no, uh, you know, cards that say, yes, I am officially from this place or the, you know, so, you know, when somebody says I'm from St. Louis, you ask, where'd you go to high school? And the answer oh, to that for me is Metro East Lutheran in Ez- Edwardsville. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> but in, when, in, if you, are you really from this, this great place on a great Lake, you know, are you from Milwaukee? And the answer is, I, I am coming to you live from Milwaukee.
0: Milwaukee, absolutely. I've had this a few times where we have a few pastors in our district, Minnesota North District, that are from Milwaukee, and they always are amazed how I say it, because they're like, wow, did you grow up there? I said, no, I just served near there four years, and I must have gained the lingo. And for you, our listeners, there's a few other words. For example, Fond du Lac, you have to know how to say that, or McQuanago, or Oconomowoc. I can't think of a few other other, that are there, but it is, you, you have to hear it in order to understand it. And uh, so that was that was a joy, serving not in Absolutely. Milwaukee, but understanding the lingo as well. Right. Here we go. Well, Pastor, um, what's happening for you and your family?
1: Well, uh, we are in that phase right now where this will be, I think, the first official Thanksgiving when not everybody's gonna be home. Mm-hmm. Um, my oldest has respon- my oldest uh, joseph teaches uh band uh, directs bands and choirs at Concordia Prep in Baltimore and mm-hmm. he has parish responsibilities at saint John overlay He'll be there and uh um so needless to say uh this has been an interesting year with my youngest now out at college. Um, at St. Louis university. Um, so, so, uh, we, we have that. And so we're this, so she's been, my wife especially has been challenged with this. And the, f- the first time that we don't have all three of our children around the table, this is, uh, um, we are starting to feel the effects of empty nest and, uh, oh. Uh, so, so that's kind of been a, a little bit of a challenge for us family-wise, and um, so uh, you can all pray for Andrew that you know he's he's at Saint Louis University, thinking he's studying political science, but really the Lord wants him <laughs> to go to the seminary. So, all the listeners need to add Andrew and <laughs> seminary in their prayers.
0: Lord have mercy, as we would say as pastors. But uh, <laughs> and it's a good reminder, uh, Pastor Metter, is that 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 prayers should be for those who are celebrating Thanksgiving without certain people that they usually have ha- always had. We typically think of those who have lost right. loved ones who have been to be with the Lord. But right. there's those, like in your situation, empty nesters, you're like, this is great. I have all this time. The home this is quiet. I can get, keep it clean. But then you get to this time and there's grief. So we ask for the Lord's peace and patience um, to be right. showered upon you and and love as well. Pastor, yeah. I want to ask one other question as you are the uh, executive assistant to the dp of mission and mercy there's been a tragedy that's happened in your district in waukesha wisconsin so i just wanted to ask you know how how are you how are the saints in waukesha and what are different things that you've seen the lord do through this tragedy
1: you know it it has been um as, as you sit here and we stand on the the precipice as we sit on Thanksgiving Eve where we're so used to seeing people around the table and receiving thanks to all for all of God's good gifts. You know, it, it is, um, it is, um, a dark time, uh, it, it, it's a dark time for us uh, because um, uh, Waukesha, which is t- so for those of you who don't understand the the if you're not familiar with the Milwaukee area uh, uh, layout Waukesha is the the major community just west of Milwaukee you've got your collar, but this is a big uh community and and on Sunday night they were having their uh, holiday parade. Uh, getting ready for, for Christmas kickoff, and all of a sudden we had a, a, an unthinkable event. Uh, a man fleeing from a, a domestic dispute with a rap sheet about as long as your left arm uh, decided to drive his car through the parade, um, struck and killed now six people. Um uh, many of whom uh, the, the vast majority well in fact the first five who were who, who perished that night were all in their fifties, sixties and seventies as part of a, a dance group troupe called the Dancing Grannies. Um just yesterday though we found out that an eight year old boy who was on yes. who was on a baseball team's float um, that got hit by in the rampage he passed away yesterday. We also know of another couple that are in n- another couple of young kids who are in grave uh, condition at i c u um, at children's hospital um but what's been amazing is you know while this is a this is not like an event that happened in a town like like I live in Plymouth, which is an hour north and it's eight thousand people where you know everybody um mm-hmm. but what um what, what's what's interesting is um, what's interesting is is the fact that, that the interconnectedness, while while we're not aware of any direct impact on any of our congregations, um, uh, we know I've I've had conversations with a couple of pastors who were at the parade, um, two of whom who said they could have reached out and touched the car as it went by um you know and they and they're dealing with their children and and they themselves who have witnessed this horrific this horrific you know wanton uh, damage and uh it's it's uh it it's it's just awful and uh, and yet we've seen our our congregations respond um, the, our, our uh, blessed savior had their church doors open that evening and then, or had that he, uh, on, on Monday evening, uh, to gather, um, and God's people are, are responding, but definitely keep, uh, the, the, this, this community in, in, in your prayers because, um, it is, uh, it's just been a devastation and yet in the midst of the darkness this is where we get to deliver the message of, of hope um i, I know we've uh, we've encouraged all of our congregations in south wisconsin uh to uh to definitely keep the the community in 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 the prayers um as because you know this is just another tragedy on top of off, on top of an 18 month pandemic on top of you know what seems like a world that is that is unraveling um to use the uh to use the uh uh to use the the image of our text what we have here is you know this is this is not some little fox loose in the vineyard this is a massively you know this is a massive ravenous wolf Um, death tracking us down during this time when everyone else is normally celebrating. So it's been, it's been hard Uh, and we covet your prayers.
0: Well, the Lord bless you and and all the saints. As you said, there's churches nearby Christ's alive, beautiful savior, blessed savior. And we ask that the Lord would bless them as well. And pastor, I want to do this uh, as a way to pray for you as you work on mission and mercy is, is I want to pray for, uh, for South Wisconsin district for the churches and for the Lord's blessings on our time today. Um, Please do. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, it is in darkness that we sometimes wonder if there's light. And as we see in the darkness in Waukesha, we pray that you would be their light. As we hear the news of those who have passed and the injuries, we pray that you will um, uh, be, be their strength and be their light. I pray for Pastor Metter as he oversees and tries to encourage and to help the congregations. To the local congregations like Christ Alive and Blessed Savior and Beautiful Savior in that area, we pray that they may be lights in the midst of this darkness. And Lord, we grieve. And in our grief, we know that you are always there. So bless the pastors and the people, for the families who have lost loved ones. And I also pray for this gentleman who did this atrocious act, that, Lord, you bring repentance to his heart for his family, that, that who knows what the connections or situations were, but they have to live with this reality that this was part of their family as well. All this we, we lift up to you, and we pray that you will fill us by your holy Spirit today as we look to your word, because we know you are gracious and merciful, and we ask for you to be that gracious and merciful God upon us again right now, in your son 's name we pray amen amen well pastor we are we are getting our feet wet in song of songs, one of those books that we don 't typically. Uh, you know, have on Sunday mornings, or study, or read over and over and over again. But it is part of the Word of God. And I tell you what, there's lots of Jesus. So, Pastor, how do you want to start us off in chapter two?
1: Well, there is there. You know, I, I was this was always the the one. If I ever wanted to get a junior high boy to read the Bible, I would. I, sometimes you could tempt him into reading this because you know you get imagery. You know, you, know and you oh, Pastor, they use the word breasts. You know, and and uh, so, but. <laughs> you know what we what we see you know and, and this is where you know as you bring in your introduction it is critical to have the christ goggles on cuz mm. we could read this um as sensuality um you know i I'm, I'm thinking you you could read this and have the same kind of response uh as as the uh as mayor Shin's wife in the music man you know that this is you know this is filth you know this is you know this you you throw song of solomon in in with the same like rebelais and balls you know but uh, this is not ancient erotic poetry uh this is this is using very lively, very earthy, very love-oriented language to speak about the love that God has for us in Christ, and um, that is uh, that is that is something that you know. Sometimes we get oh, I don't know, um, we may get squeamish. Uh, but really, you know, it's, you know as, I, as I would get to the, uh, the point in, in junior high where you talk about the Sixth Commandment, and some, sometimes you just got to look at people and say, grow up, you know, because mm-hmm. we, so we have so cheapened love with sensuality um, that we have lost the, the, the sacred nature of love and the sacred nature of sensuality that comes with that deepened love. And and it's important that we read this as grownups, and as we read this as those who who know that that what true love looks like. You know, it, it true love is not the Hallmark Channel. You know, true love is not yeah. the Playboy Channel. Um, true love is what we see revealed. Um, in Jesus, you know, Jesus himself uses this language in John 15, um, you know, greater love has no man than this, than he laid down his life for his friends. And, and as we see, you know, and it, so, so this is this is the beautiful thing as, as we read the Old Testament and, and these expressions of love. As we as we read the Old Testament, these, these expressions of love, we also then can read back through the lens of how that love is laid out, and that is what Jesus does for us at the cross. And and we and and if you look at the the words of, of this text, you can see. How um, you can see how these images are buried even within these words Um, when you when when we hear references to trees, you know, um, we're not this is not a stretch. To the cross and the fruit of the trees, which gives life and and, um, which is the opposite of the tree of the garden, which gives death. And and Mm. so we see all of this imagery and and it's not simply allegory. It is it's it's a poetic expression of the truth of God's love for you and for me.
0: That is, uh, you know, as we look at this, it is so important that you, you see both of these things. Because one thing that has struck me as I've studied this and study into the future chapters is the reality of, of showing what true love manifests. And, and as a married man, um, it, it, it really reflects one thing is, okay, I need to, I need to speak about my wife better you know, and more in a loving way than I do. And and these, they give us the words here. Secondly, it shows, of the love that a wife has for her husband in a way that we don't talk about very often in our culture. And I don't want to go down those weeds, but just, it is a, is a wonderful reflection of this. And then when you're able to see it all through Christ's goggles, as you said, it becomes even more meaningful. That it's not just simply allegory, but it points us to something even greater is that God's love for the church in Christ. And so, um, it's a, he said, she said thing as we look at these, which I think is kind of fun. And, and today I, well, let's dig in. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. Let's do verse one. Like I said before, it's, it's she is speaking. As you look through the text, as he said, she said, others said. And right now, um, the Shulamite woman is still speaking. I just want to do verse one because there's tons of stuff theologically that has been said on this. Verse one, I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. Now, Pastor, did you have, find anything on this? I found a few things, but I want to start with you.
1: Well, you know, when this is this is some of the beautiful things. I, I am deeply indebted to Christopher Mitchell's commentary, uh, because I, again, since this is not a book that regularly appears in in the lectionary, it also is going to mean that we're going to end up with a lot of. Um, uh, we're going to end up with this is not something that readily. Uh, translates well into into preaching, um, or because of experience. Uh, but you know, as mm-hmm. we turn our attention, you know, and when when he starts when he starts using the floral language, you know, um, one of the interesting things as as you as you dig into this, uh, it's a phrase that I often use when I speak of, you know, I. It, you sometimes, you know, you've been around me enough, you know, that I tend to uh, like to, uh, you know, like to endear myself to the crowds that I'm speaking to. And occasionally, what will happen is I'll see a, a, a young lady among a, a group of a group of men, and I will look and I will use the phrase, "Ah, a rose among thorns." All right. And 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 you think about this, you know, and, and, you know, here we are at Thanksgiving. We're getting, you know, which means Christmas is coming, which means New Year's is coming. And we're going to watch my wife. You know, it is a a holy day of obligation to watch the Rose Bowl parade. Um, And and there is there is nothing more delicate. You know, there are a few flowers on the on the planet that are more delicate than a rose or 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 a lily. These are these are uh, these are flowers that that. These are the flower tends to it's a delicate thing and it can be it can be damaged and and yet so, so what happens is we look at this and we, and we see she, she's saying, I am a rose, a lily of the valley. But then, you know, so, so you have this, this she, it, it's, it's pleasing to the eye. It gives a, 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 a an aroma to the nose. And that's important, too, because if you remember in Old Testament worship, you know, how did, you know, we did not appeal to God's ears. The sacrifice appealed to his nostrils. You know, the Hebrew word, you know, you know, well, the Hebrew word for the face of God are actually the nostrils of God, the lifnay, you know, so he he inhales the the pleasant aroma of our of our sacrifices. You know, so she's I am this rose of sharing this beautiful thing. Um, but this beautiful thing needs to be tended you know what happens? In, what, what's the imagery? What's the imagery when uh, in, in the New Testament when flower when 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 crops are planted? You know, well, what have, if if the if the thorns and thistles grow up among them, they're choked out. They can't grow. They can't come to full flower. So this is what she, she is. This treasure, but she's also delicate. You know, um, you know, we're in the northern climes. So we've already you and I have already experienced our first hard freeze. Mm -hmm. And you you know what happens when those first minor little ones come, right? What do they tell you? Bring your plants in. If you want (laughs) to, you know, if you want to keep your flowers, you got to bring them in or you got to cover them. They got to be protected. Why? Because they're delicate. So there is a delicate nature of this Shulamite. And as we can understand, there is a delicate nature to the church. Um, uh, We need to, you know, this is, we are not some hearty mum. We are a beautiful flower that needs to be cultivated. It needs to be fertilized. It needs to be pruned. It needs to be protected.
0: And so as you hear that, I I, I was just getting into your analogies, this is wonderful, is uh, he speaks about a rose, speaks about lilies, and there's a number of things that Dr. Mitchell highlights within that imagery that the history of the church has seen this to be. Did you find anything on that?
1: Well, well, there's all kinds of you know, well. You know, you've got you've got Luther, who uh, you know who who sees this as as an image of of the church. You know, Gerhard. I mean, these are all that these are all these heavy hitters. You know, and, and and actually, many of them. You know, Luther and Gerhard, they actually don't necessarily equate it with the church. They equate it with Mary which automatically mm-hmm. makes Lutherans nervous, you know, because, <laughs> oh my gosh, that guy from those, that guy from Minnesota and that guy from, you know, that guy from Minnesota and the guy from Wisconsin, he's talking about that Mariolatry and stuff and we mm-hmm. can't be having that, you know, and, and yet what we see in, what we see in, in the image of Mary is an image of the church, you know, um, you know, so, so it's, um, so there's there's something uh, there's something precious in this, you know, and and, and the, Mitchell makes a great a make great plea. It's very timely as we know we head into Advent and Christmas. You know, where he talks about uh, the the hymn that we sing, "Lo, how a rose is growing" in LWR, the old TLH, uh, blooming a rose is blooming in in both LSB and TLH. Um, you know, it's the idea, and there's a, there's a beautiful image, you know, we dare not make too much of the Mary thing, because Mary's not bigger than the church, but neither is Mary excluded from the church, you know, and, and there is, so, so Mary is the mystic rose, but Christ is the stem, so they're, they're, they're intricately connected, and, and that, that's an important thing for us, you know, as, as we, as, as we look at, as we look at this, Um, and then, So so there is a delicateness, but there's also a belovedness of, of Mary and of the church.
0: And it brings us to our hymnody, as you said. Also, you, you said the words from crown him of many crowns, and I never had thought about this. In um, that ver- chapter, chapter stanza too, crown with the Virgin's son, the God incarnate born, whose arm the crimson trophies won, which now is brow adore, fruit of the mystic rose, yet of that rose's stem, the root whence mercy ever flows, the babe of Bethlehem. There it, it, it connects it to Mary, but it's not like this, let's really uplift Mary, but it's that understanding of the church Mary and then put it all together to Christ and it prepares us as we're almost to Advent and the babe of Bethlehem so I I, was fascinating to me to see that that connects to our passage here also there was a connection they said that possibly Luther's rose was a -hmm. a part of this as well which is more I think conjecture more than anything but I thought that was interesting for you our listeners if you ever seen Luther's rose it is a very um um points us to Christ, our need for Christ, and, the, and the, the white robes that our Lord covers us in his righteousness. I mean, that's another connection as well. Anything else you have in, in that verse? No,
1: I, I'm good, because otherwise we're going to be here all day and we're not going to get anywhere <laughs> the
0: rest of the book. Well, let's go to verse 2 when Solomon speaks. As a lily among brambles, so is my love among the young women. So I think this kind of uh connects a little bit a rose among the thorns a lily among the brambles right. as you mentioned before what are your thoughts?
1: Well yeah, you know and and that that's just it, you know, and this this actually speaks to the militant nature of the church. And mm-hmm. I know people get um uh I I know people get queasy when they think of the ch- when they speak of the church in martial terms. But but we are, you know, this is one of the things and and, and we experience that. That's part of where we're at here when we when we see death and destruction in our world. you know this is not our home, we have enemies and and this this rose, this church among the bramble among the thorns, and by the way, that actually takes us back to the to, to the the imagery of Genesis three, as God is laying down the punishments, uh, he you know if you remember the you know, the great stewardship crisis of Genesis three, you know the fall into sin, and when when Adam and Eve decided to claim ownership over that which is God, which is God's, which is idolatry, what happens then is okay, there's condemnation and, and curse for the serpent, but then there is. Then, then there is the burden of that on man and woman. And the and, and when he speaks to and of course we got pain in childbirth. And but there are women listening. I ain't going there. It's um, uh, Just no good for me. Uh, but but <laughs> when we when we look at the images of what happens, what happens? Man is going to be required to work for his food. Prior to that, everything was normally was the the creation just automatically produced. You know, so farming in the garden was nothing more than harvesting and yet now what happens it's going to be it, it's going to be labor it's going to be hard work by the sweat of the brow and that which used to provide automatically is going to raise up thorns and thistles brambles so 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 you see so in the midst of this garden that is that is now producing now, that is now producing thorns and thistles and actually working against man here stands in opposition or in opposition the church Right there, this delicate flower in the midst of all of these enemies that seek to work against to cause pain and suffering. And even, you know, you, when you reach in, the, 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 that's the that's the beauty, beautiful image of the rose. You know, here you have this beautiful flower that is fragrant, but if you grab the stem wrong, she bites you. You know, so there is even bloodshed, you know, so if you you, you reach in for this mystic rose and you touch the wrong thing, you're bleeding. You know, so 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 you have this 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 militant nature of the church. Um, we are the church militant. We we are fighting. We are struggling. We are striving here um, on this side of eternity.
0: And pastor, that is that is a very profound, and I love, like you said, Martin Luther, Johann Gerhard, uh, Glacius, and others really emphasize that point. If I would read this, I would just think, "Oh, a pretty flower, lily. Oh, among the blackberries. I love blackberries. You know, you don't think about the thorns and the thistles that are in the midst of that, and how you have to be careful, and how the church fights even in the midst of this broken world because we know the Lord will sustain us. All of that." From the first two verses. And that's as far as we got before the break. So we are studying Song of Songs, chapter two, with Pastor Nathan Metter, and we'll be right back. KFUO is a listener-supported radio ministry that needs your support to continue. When you partner with KFUO, you are proclaiming Christ worldwide. November 30th is Giving Tuesday, a day that encourages you to give back in whatever ways you can. Giving Tuesday presents a perfect time each year for you to support your favorite nonprofit organizations, including KFUO Radio. To give to KFUO, call 314-996-1518 or text KFUO to the number 41444 or give online at KFUO.org. And welcome back. We are studying Song of Songs chapter two with Pastor Nathan Metter. And as we've plowed through two verses in the midst of all of this, I think we laid the groundwork as we hear the Shulamite woman speak even more. There's a lot of imagery of nature, a lot of imagery of what grows, the fruit of the um, fruit of the tree, is what we'll get to here. But also a reminder for us to see the church, that the church, even in the thorniest of situations among the brambles, which is like a blackberry um, bush and so forth, that it looks beautiful, but yet around around it and surrounds it is a lot of, uh, well, just brokenness. I think I'll say it that way. And that reminds us, but it doesn't mean that the fruit is not there. But it does show us that we indeed still are yearning for the time that Christ returns. But there'll be no more thorns, no more thistles, and uh, we are able to see Christ and be with Christ. So, Pastor, I think I'm ready to move on, verses three through seven. What are your, you have anything else to share in the first two verses?
1: Other than the fact that you just summarized the rest of the chapter. You know, that, that, <laughs> that, you know, the, the 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 militant nature of of the church that is looking for eschatological relief, end time relief. Hmm. We want our lover to come, we want our beloved to, we want our lover to come back from his, for his beloved. And, and, yeah. and this is, yeah. again, this is not the Hallmark Channel, this is not a Harlequin romance, this is where we live as the church.
0: And this is where, and I, I love how you said that, is first of all, we, uh, we can't let Hallmark Channel determine how we see the scriptures. You know, right. and we do that. I do that. And I, I guess I don't watch Hallmark Channel very much, but I'm just saying. In general, we let the romantic dynamics, the books, the movies, Twilight, all these different ones that we we, we watch that, and we're like, "Wow, okay, that's the way it is." And we don't go to the scriptures to see it. And then from that, with the joy of this is we're also able to see Christ. So keep that in mind. Thank you for reminding us of that, uh, uh, Pastor Metter. As we read verses three through seven, keep that in mind: the militant nature of the the, the bridegroom coming back for his bride. Verses three through seven. As an apple tree among the trees of the forest, so is my beloved among the young men. With great delight, I sat in his shadow and his fruit was sweet to my taste. He brought me to the banqueting house and his banner over me was love. Sustain me with raisins, refresh me with apples for I'm sick with love. His left hand is under my head and his right hand embraces me. I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or the does of the field, that you not stir up or awaken love until it pleases. Now, Pastor, there's there's a lot of fodder here that we could be using and speaking about. Where do you want to begin? Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I mean, let's just – we're just going to hit some of the high points because obviously we can't – I mean, otherwise we're just going to cancel the rest of the broadcast day. Uh, and just because <laughs> it would true. take us the rest of the day to get through all this chapter. But, you know, you get apple trees in the forest. So, you know, this is the the difference. You know, you have the the image of the tree that bears fruit that sustains life it's not an accident that an apple a day keeps the doctor away you eat that thing and it gives you gives you sustenance um you know so it gives you the calories you need to face the day um a a good apple is juicy so it actually does keep you hydrated and of course you know i'm a little older than you so therefore fiber is always good um and, and and that so so this tree is unlike the apple tree is unlike any other tree in the forest It's and plus then when you when it does fall down you can chip it and use it to smoke bacon applewood bacon yum anyway uh, (laughs) but so you have so you have this image of of a tree that gives of itself to sustain others all right so so it gives of itself so not only so so it sustains it gives and sustains life sacrificially there's no benefit to and that's the beautiful thing there's no benefit to the apple tree to make apples. You know, other than the fact that we say, "Oh, what a great tree it is," you know, so 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 the the tree itself, the apple tree itself, does not benefit from its sacrificial giving of life to others, but it does. And it's but it's not just culinary; it's it's protective. You know, that you know, we talk about the shadow of uh, of of the tree. You know, we need shade. You know, uh, when when you know this is the while it's you know knocking on the door winter up where we live, you know it, it, we think of summertime. There's nothing better than there there there's, there would be nothing better than sitting under the shade of a nice apple tree uh, that that's in full bloom and it's producing sweet apples. And so we're refreshed with with what we eat, and we're protected from the searing heat of the sun. So this this is a tree that provides. This is a tree that protects. But but then then the next verse it says, uh, he brings me into his banqueting house. So again, this is where you you, know, you dig into it a little bit and this is this is an equivalent of the, the this is the marriage feast bedroom, think marriage. Um mm-hmm. but but his banner over me is love. And, and now I'm, I will never be able to – when I was a little kid going to church with my at my dad's house, which was not a Lutheran church, we used to sing all the time. His banner over me <laughs> is love. And that I sounds, it. So, cute. That it sounds does. so cute. It does. But that's not what it is. That's not what it is. This is military imagery. This is rally round the flag, boys. This is pick up your web. You know, you know the the this the, the British are coming. The British are coming. This is his his protection. This is not just the shade of a tree. This is the, the, the defensive protection of the king and his armies. You know, Yahweh save out the Lord of armies. You know, he, this is when he's bringing me into his house. He's bringing me into his fortress so we can celebrate, but he can protect me. Why? Because I'm that fragile flower. You know, mm-hmm. this is who he is. And and, and, and you know, and what we see and what's playing out here in this poetic imagery is Thomas talks about the heavens declare the, the, the handiwork of God. And what is the handiwork of God? His creative work is... Um, is preliminary to his redemptive work. The first article sets the stage for articles two and three, if you want to think in terms of the Apostles' Creed. And, and we see this playing out. We see this, self, he's using nature images to, to communicate the truth of what he is expressing uh, and, and, and his ultimate love John 15, love, greater love has no one than this. Then he laid down his life, this sacrificial apple tree stuff for you and for me.
0: There's a few other things that really, I mean, to, to dovetail on that, is this that taste and see the Lord is good, which is mm-hmm. what we see with here. Uh, you have in the shadow of his hand, he hid me, Isaiah 49. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. We we see all of that come together where he is definitely providing for all of our needs of this body in life, but also pointing us to the future, you know, showing us, okay, not only here, but also in eternity. We look at the right. the tree of life that was in the garden of Eden that we also will, will feed from in, in, in the, the resurrection. Um, all of this, it just keeps going back and forth and giving us a glimpse of, of the marriage and, and the, the love of God to the church and then also to the future after the parousia, all of this kind of stuff. But verse 7 is one that continually comes up through Song of Solomon. I want to hear your thoughts. I adjure mm-hmm. you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by gazelles and does, that you not stir up or awaken love until it pleases. There's this adjure, uh, uh, all of this. What is going on? It continually happens throughout the book of Song of Songs. What is, he, well, what is she it, saying? It, it's a
1: legal word. It's warning. He's he's warning us, you know, don't trifle with this love. You you don't trifle with this love um, because there's nothing about the way we are loved that is trifling. you know, so often, and and this is what we end up, this this is what we end up happening. You know, this is not, please understand this, this is, this has double meanings. You know, Uh, what, what, what have we done? We've cheapened love in the world when we've made it into um, nothing but feelings and sex. Um, We've cheapened love. Um, And, and, and so, so there is the warning about the powerful nature of this. Uh, the the powerful nature of love itself, and, and and that's a that's a huge thing. So so this is not something you know uh, danger, high voltage. You know this, this maybe you, know, you could almost, if, if this wouldn't be scripture because you printed red. They think Jesus said it. Well, he could have because he did. But that's another story. Um, but okay. there there are this is a warning. You know don't um, you know don't transgress this because not only is it sweet, but it's powerful love is powerful and and misused misused love can separate you from the beloved so wait <laughs>
0: wait for your yeah. beloved is is not only yeah. for it's good to wait as far as our relationships but also we wait mm-hmm. for the lord to come back pastor anything else from the the these words 3 through 7
1: no i you know and i think that's you know and that is and that is a very adventy type word, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Wait Absolutely. And watch, wait and watch. You know that is you know as we uh, as we finish up as last you know we are in this we're in this wonderful spot in in the church here where you know we had the the last Sunday of the church year um, last week as we talked about you know you know Jesus says stay awake you know he's not commanding us to some sort of spiritual insomnia but but an attention. And a focus on him. And now as we launch another church year coming up, you know, we got the big Thanksgiving thing. But next Sunday is, is the first Sunday in Advent. Mm-hmm. And, and the lectionary gives us such a wonderful, uh, a wonderful uh, selection as preacher and, and as God's people. Because we can either talk about, again, the reprise of he's coming again. Or we look at when the beloved comes. And how does he come? He comes in, in mercy, riding on the foal the colt of a donkey and and, and, and he, in order he's coming to us in order to show his love for us and that love for us is it only begins with sweet baby Jesus on on uh, Christmas Eve, <laughs> but it ultimately culminates at the cross, which is the end of the Palm Sunday parade.
0: And we're going to hear more about that in these next few verses. So let's get into that. I, this is this yeah. is great stuff. I, I can't wait for Advent. I can't wait for that this Sunday. Here we go. Verses eight go. and nine. The bride, well, the bride adorns her beloved, as it tells us. The voice of my beloved. Behold, he comes leaping over the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or, or a young stag. Behold, there he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, looking through the lattice. Well, first of all, Solomon must have been a great athlete to be able to do Mm -hmm. these (laughs) bounds and everything. But it tells us about the groom, the bridegroom as he comes. He's not coming like, well, I bet, I guess I better go to my bride. I better get married. No, it's not an ER moment. He is going with pure joy. Tell us more about this pure joy
1: that we see in Solomon. Well, you know, the the beautiful thing is it's, it's pure joy. But he also, it's interesting that he uses the you know when you talk about the, we we just came out of waiting um mm-hmm. you know the the idea of the gaz, the gazelle the stag i mean this is this is big time up here this is deer hunting season you know mm-hmm. but, absolutely you know, deer gazelle they mate in season okay they wait when 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 the doe is is in estrus then they 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 they, they, they wait for her to to be in estrus so that she can produce The fruit of their labors. Uh, Mitchell does a great uh, does a does a great uh, comparison to the difference of the false the false religions, which are often often uh, um, uh, replicated by a bull. You know, and and put a bull out in the pasture, and he will he will plant any one of them. You know, he he doesn't care. He's he, he the whole herd is his. And this is the difference. This this is the 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 love, the beloved. He's coming, seeking this one, and he's not doing it with brute force, but he's doing it with with elegance and reverence, and and and, and almost, in a sense, a gentleness. Because again, because remember, the beloved is a flower. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't pick a rose. You don't pick a rose in a clenched fist. True, yeah you know, and, and so he's coming in this he's coming in this way, you know so so he's he's using an analogy and an image that the people would embrace on purpose, you know, and they, they would get it so
0: that that is how do you say it that is that is very helpful. For us to think about how our Lord deals with us, that He deals with us in a, a delicate way, the church in a delicate way. It doesn't mean he doesn't have an iron fist. It doesn't mean he's not a judgmental God, but definitely have that vision of here comes the 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 groom, excited and joyful to be there. But also he's not coming and destroying stuff. He's he's right. gazing through the windows, he's looking through the lattice just to see, to be able to see her and to be able to be with her. And and that's exactly how our Lord operates with us. Let's continue on verses 10 through 14. My beloved speaks and says to me, arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. For behold, the winter is past; the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth, the time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree ripens as figs, and the vines are in blossom. They give forth fragrance, arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. Oh, my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the crannies of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet, and your face is lovely. One, I, I'm ready for springtime already, um, okay. after I read this, <laughs> for the snow to be gone, even though it hasn't come yet. But still, there's that new life, this kind of Easter theme that I'm feeling when I'm hearing this. What do you have in
1: the voice? Right. Well, well let, let's go. But here here's the difference between... The gazelle and the bull. Mm-hmm. The gazelle, he's wooing his bride. He's not coming. He's not coming for um, notches on the bedpost. He, ah, he, he's, mm-hmm. he's wooing her. He says, "Come on, come with me, my beloved." This is, and it's not. It's it, it's 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 seduction in the best possible way. You know, it, it, it's seduction not for conquest, but for love and protection and provision. You know, hey, my beloved, I have all of this. Look at this. This is what awaits us. This is what awaits us. You know, and this is not the gold digger marrying the, marrying the rich old guy for 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 his money. You know, this is the promise and hope of what is to come in this blessed consummated union that goes forward you know so god is you know so so the 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 the, the beloved the lord he doesn't he doesn't pursue us as conquest he woos us as beloved you know um he, this is he, he he's intent coming uh to to lead us to fall in love with him as he loves us.
0: And it reminds me of the words of Jesus, come, follow me, come, mm-hmm. and I will go, will go to a, uh, a solitary place or to a quiet place. That you envision mm-hmm. that same language here that he's calling us to come. He's come with him, uh, to be with him. And because he's surrounding him as life. I mean, that's where I feel this Easter theme. Plus, we have the lilies, which is a wonderful um, connection as well. We have that in our resurrection feel. Verse 14, I did, I, this is something I want to hear your your thoughts because I couldn't help but think about rock of age's cleft for me, but I struggled mm-hmm. to try to make those connections of verse 14. Oh, my dove, and the clefts of the rock and the crannies of the cliff, let me see your face and hear your voice. So in, any connection to that? Or am I just, I just love to have hymns connect with the Saint scriptures. Think Moses. Think
1: okay, Moses. Yeah. He's up okay. on Sinai. He's up on Sinai. He's had this, dare I dare we say, intimate experience with God, sure. conversing. You know, he's received. You know, you know, you know. Chuck Heston has had God. You know, carve. You know, with the faint with his finger in the stone and all that good stuff. And what does he say? Let me see you. And what does he do? He says, you can't see me and live. You cannot see me and live, so I'm going to tuck you in the cleft of a rock. You, t- you tuck me into the cleft of a rock. Why? For his own protection. And then he puts his hand over and then says, all right, when I tell you, look. And he shows him just his backside. You know, and, and even that is, is too magnificent. Okay. So my dog, you know, so so he's he want I want to see your face. And and so what does he do? The, the the Yahweh of Sinai, the Yahweh of Sinai is unattainable. Unseeable without death. And yet mm. what happens? This is the this is the beloved who comes near. He puts himself into a form that we can see the one who is not there. Because if Moses, if Moses peeks through the fingers too soon, he's dead. Mm-hmm. If, if Moses in the crag peeks through the, the fingers, he's dead. But we get to behold the face of God in Jesus Christ. You know he is, the, he is the fullness of God in human flesh. So we get to see, and and this is where we see this God as not the God of Sinai, but the God of Calvary, the the one the one whose who who whose words are Father forgive them, the words are It is finished, you know it, you know, and and even the care and concern that we see in in uh, woman behold your son, son behold your mother, you know, images of the church you know so we see so so this is you know he's hiding us in the cleft to protect us but now come away with me look at me let me see your face let me hear your voice because he wants that intimate face to face connection which is exactly what mm. we had with him prior to the fall
0: right right
1: and the, i mean
0: yeah, to see the face of God. I mean, that is such a common theme throughout the scriptures. And you see that, that yes, we are, you know, uh, rock of ages cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Yes, we hide in the Lord, kind of like a, a canopy, as we've talked about, mm-hmm. you know, over me right. is love. There, But there's a battle theme with that, as you mentioned. And also, it's not like God doesn't want to see us. Like, hey, hide away. I don't want to see you anymore. No. He wants us to be in that, quote, intimate relationship with him. And he gives it to us in Christ. I mean, this is wonderful. Pastor, I want to move forward to finish our time and to cover what we have and then to have a summary thought. Because, well, we're getting short on time. So verses 15 to 17. Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards for our vineyards are in blossom. My beloved is mine and I am his. He grazes among the lilies until the day breeze and the shadows flee. Turn, my beloved, be like a gazelle or a young stag on cleft mountains. Uh, first of all, I can't help but think about the uh, what does a fox say song um, when I read oh, that. But that's that. not that's not at all part of this. <laughs> Anyways, but it says, hey, catch the little foxes. What is he talking about?
1: Well, you know, and we talked about What's that a little about? bit, you know, so so what we you know, the 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 garden imagery. Is so replete, and yet what happens is there are those who are working against the tranquility of the garden. This is this is this is the enemy at work. This this is the enemy at work, and uh, and and these those are things that. and, And but there's work for the beloved to do. Okay, the beloved has to come, and the beloved is coming to undo the damage. In creation, that we have wrought ourselves, okay, and, and and so so he needs to they're spoiling the venue. So so it is his work, it is his work of overcoming this. It's his work of overcoming this that keeps the the beloved away from his beloved. He's got to go away to do this. He's got to go away to fight the battle. And that's what's happening here, you know, and, and but the, and now that he's gone and we're waiting for his second coming, we this is the militant nature. This is where we step in, in the militant nature. Um, uh, the church is at war. We have our enemies, but we do not fight alone. We go we go equipped with the word of God and, and, and we seek to catch these foxes, which would keep our beloved away from us. Um, you know, again, not not to to repristinate or not to make everything, you know, not not to to bring some sort of earthly utopia into place. Uh, but there are times we need to root out these little foxes that would separate us. Um, uh, Luther Luther draws the uh, Luther draws the the, the connection uh, to to false brethren among us, you know, false teaching. You know, we need to hold true to what God's word says. Otherwise, we're introducing the enemy into our own midst. So, Lord,
0: keep the devil at bay is what's mm-hmm. happening here. Is that what I'm hearing?
1: Lord, keep us steadfast in your word. because ah, even better. Uh, again, it is the word, you know, it, it's the word that is our true armament. It's not our effort. It's not our, you know, you know, we don't have to conjure up enough uh, awakeness. We don't have to conjure up enough strength. It is simply wearing the armor of the full armor of God to use Paul's imagery. Um, and, and then you have the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit, and all this right. other good stuff. But again, all of this is provided for us. It's not something that we manufacture ourselves. It's not something that we wield ourselves.
0: As I said before, I love connecting this with him. So the next verse, my beloved is mine and I am his. How can we not hear Christ, chief of sinners though I be, as the branches mm-hmm. to the vine, I am his and he is mine. That connection, right. that unity of the husband and wife, but also a unity with Christ, the church. Pastor, we have about two minutes left. Um, do you want to comment on that and then give us a summary or where do you want to go from here? Oh, yeah,
1: you know, there is such gourd, you know, you know, so, so there is, the. you know, this is one of the things like a kid anticipates Christmas, Uh like a bride and a groom anticipate their wedding day. So also we as the church, the bride of Christ anticipate the last day. We don't, we don't, we, we, we anticipate it knowing that, That it changed, knowing that that while there are elements of us that are, this is not something to be terrified of. The last day is not something for us to be terrified of. You know, and I think we've lived in this fear of death for the last 18 months because one of these little virus thingies might turn out and, you know, sneak into our basement and get us. Um, I don't want to minimize the fact that death is evil. Um, We saw the evil of death in Waukesha. We see the evil of death every day. We see it, how it tears families apart, how it tears beloved from, you know, there's nothing more grieving than, 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 than you when you sit at this, you know, you know, I've done this pastorally, where we sit at the bedside of somebody who's been married 70, 65, 70 years, you know, and you just know that when one's gone, the other one's not going to last much longer. So we see the evil of death. Death is evil. But we don't fear the end because death doesn't get the last word. Our beloved gets the last word. It is finished. He gets the last word. Um, He is risen just as he said. So we look forward to the end, whether it's the end of our life as a baptized child of God or the end of time. We don't dread it we eagerly anticipate it, realizing that just like the marriage, just like the wedding, changes the relationship of a of a of a bride and a groom, so also the last day changes. We enter into that marriage feast, you know, and our and and our future's already been determined. And he takes us into the banquet where we celebrate. So we don't dread it. We look forward to it in the same way that a beautifully adorned June bride looks forward to her wedding.
0: Pastor Nathan Metter, Executive Assistant to the District President of Mission and Mercy for the South Wisconsin District in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, giving us God's strong word from Song of Songs Chapter 2. Pastor Meador, thank you for the gifts. My pleasure. Happy thank and you And happy thank Yeah, they, hey, you beat me to it. Thank, thank you very much. <laughs> I have nothing more to add. He said it all. The marriage feast. Oh, we anticipate it. I'm your host, Brady Finnern, pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hands.